This is the Gospel Revolution. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a weather of the wild, love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hello, Daniel Thomas Rouse, and thank you for that greeting. And hello to all of our GRs that are listening in. And you non-GRs, don't worry, you'll be saved by the end of the program. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd also like to welcome in those listening in the year 2090 today. Yeah. Uh, 2090, you know, they come up with slogans and stuff for every year, uh, all of those years. So, uh, let's see. Yay. Yay. It's 2090. All religion, uh, is now behind us. <laughs> that didn't rhyme at all. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I just heard uh, one the other day. 2024 is the year for more. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god yeah it has been the year for more but what more exactly of what? <laughs> yeah Mm-mm-mm-mm. yeah well michael we are um excited because we are two weeks out from our uh worldwide calgary grace conference uh that's true daniel and boy is it shaping up oh my goodness uh there are a lot of things i thought that i knew but the things that we are in uh uh uh, up to our necks now in research and it's just very obvious um and uh i think you guys are going to be thrilled beyond thrillation there's a new word. <laughs> uh, thrilled beyond uh, thrillation, uh, beyond your uh, thrill later. Uh, <laughs> it is going to be thrillicating, I'm telling you. It is just amazing. As we're studying this, we're seeing these definitive, uh, the definitive difference between. Uh, when God created uh, uh, Adam and Eve, created he, they in his image. Can't wait till you hear that one. Uh, these uh, idiots out trying to say that man is created in God's image and uh, woman wasn't. Uh, we just read it in context. Da, 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 da. I know that's getting so boring, but uh, it is the most enriching thing you'll ever do is just read in context. But they, we, we've, we, we've checked out the environment. <laughs> we've, we've checked out the lay of the land, what the land looked like, what the seas looked like, where the seas were located, and it's all in the scriptures. Mm. And then the transition of all of that into the whole new world uh, as that which was a great upheaval that a whole new world came in and boy, you're just not going to uh, hardly be able to hold on to your seat when you begin to realize the things that actually change from the before the flood to after the flood. And then of course we have that great promise like, okay, so now remember this, 
remember this, remember the flood, Mm -hmm. because this flood, that's uh, the floods of Noah, is like the cross to me. So a whole new world was about to already prophesy. We didn't even get dried out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and God was already telling them through the prophets that uh, we're going through another one and that this would be the final one and uh, this one would last uh, forever. No, n- no more changes. It's, uh, uh, we have come into a world that uh, is now never going to change. The problem is Christianity is saying that God's coming to judge the world. Mm. Uh, Goodness, we have such great and mighty promises as far as the planet is concerned. Humanity only got one promise, and that was righteousness, and we already knew that one was fulfilled. But there's many things that the scriptures say about the planet itself. Those things uh, let us tell you, you have nothing to do except to be excited about the future on all points. And I'm not going to say anything else, um, because until you give us your check for $20,000, you can't listen to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, contrary to that, we will be releasing our videos on March 8th through the 10th. So uh, make sure you mark your calendars. Uh, If you're not already following us and subscribed on our YouTube channel, go over YouTube today and subscribe youtube.com slash gospel revolution one. And you will find us there. You can also find us on Facebook at the gospel revolution. Make sure you follow that page. And if you're not subscribed to our newsletters, make sure you go to gospelrevolution.com and subscribe to that because that is where you will get all of the information. All the videos will be readily available to all of our big donors. Yes, and only for our big donors. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, we also, um, we're going to involve a couple Christian voices into this conference as well. Well, we do indeed, and uh, we do offer disclaimers <laughs> <laughs> uh, along with that. Uh, goodness gracious. Uh, the, the thing about creation, and you guys already know that that's what this conference is going to be, is creation, creation, creation. And I'm not just being repetitive, but there are three creations. Mm. And, um, uh, but... Uh, Christianity is so saturated with beliefs, they thought that they could just tell, well, I believe God created this earth and he did it this amount of time, that amount of time. And uh, then, of course, uh, uh, because they uh, relied on their beliefs to try to say the science, science shot them down thoroughly. Uh, But now we actually have some people who uh, do embrace creation as the the science that it is. And my gosh, they are really giving the evolutionists a run for their money. Mm. Uh, There's things evolutionists cannot uh, reconcile that are in the scriptures that tell us exactly how things were and how uh, how they changed. So uh, we do give, uh, we're going to give you some homework 
And we hope that you listen to these and uh, you're going uh, you're going to love us and hate us because you're going to get a great deal of information, but you got to listen to just, and you know, I have to say that these guys use very, they've learned and they use a uh, very minimal amount of Christianese. Mm. Would you say, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. And even the majority of their teaching on it all the way up to the end is pretty stinking good. It is. It really is quite amazing. And uh, instead of the, quote, scientific world, I don't even call that the scientific world. I'll call it the pseudoscientific world compared to the creation science, because creation science is being affirmed almost on a daily basis. Mm. Uh, And we will be going through all of those things that are constantly being uh, uh, constantly pointing to creation and its origins and the the big difference is they stretch it out over uh millions and millions of years and we're going to go in and show you why they do that yeah and uh all you have to do is turn their chart sideways and reduce the amount of time and you've got creation mm, beautiful so again mark your calendars march 8th 9th and 10th uh, we'll be coming to you uh, live from your living room. You can watch us on your big screen TV. If you got YouTube, uh, you can watch us on your phone, on your computer. And so make sure you're subscribed youtube.com slash gospel revolution one on Facebook. You can find us at the gospel revolution. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter at gospelrevolution.com, And we will give you all the juicy information. Mm-hmm. We don't want to uh, miss uh, helping direct you toward Ethan's videos. Now, Ethan is uh, no longer living here in Clarksville. He's 22. Why would you want to live in Clarksville? (laughs) (laughs) And is already in school uh, at the University of Arizona. Uh, But uh, we were just talking and he's really excited. This is so weird. It is just the funniest thing in the world. So now uh, he's moved away. Now we're talking on the phone four or five times a day. <laughs> it's like, oh, Mike, look at this. What do you think about this? I just found this. I just read this. Look at this Greek word. Look at this Hebrew word. Look where this is. I didn't know this was there. I didn't know that was there. I remembered, well, uh, gosh, so many things that uh, he was researching in. And, of course, there's things that I've researched before. And just to his great delight that he was going down the right path and he would have found the answers to these things. It's just some of it we've already covered. Mm. But uh, also in that same breath, I have to tell you, Ethan has uncovered some things I did not know, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is absolutely beautiful. So uh, stay up with Ethan. I don't know how much content he is going to be able to produce with uh, the uh, schooling that he is now in. One thing that will not happen is that the term gospel revolution and uh, Ethan Massengill, uh, they will never go two different directions. This is something that this young man is committed to, just like Daniel, just like I, and many others. Um, uh, we, uh, Uh, We realize that to go through this and to untangle and lay down only that which the scriptures affirm to be truth, it's going to take a lot of time 
and it has taken a lot of time. But once uh, we get through the bulk of this, which honestly, folks, it really is going to take more time. If we had more money, it would take less time. We could open up a, a department on most every area of every discipline in pertaining to and relationship to the Hebrew scriptures that there is. Uh, but we're having to do it all, uh, and uh, there's just no other way around it at this time. So uh, do uh, take a listen uh, to Ethan. Listen to Ethan's uh, uh, more than once because uh, Ethan's got that slow, uh, uh, you know, Rocky Top Tennessee uh, tone, and sometimes you'll miss what he's got to say. Uh, just because he is, uh, uh, he's getting a little bit better now at elevating his voice at points and lowering his voice at times. Uh, but the fact that he is on uh, camera doing this at all is quite an amazing thing. I, goodness gracious, uh, he'll tell you the whole story someday. I'm hoping. You can find him on YouTube and just search for Encounter the Hebrew Scriptures. Encounter the Hebrew Scriptures on YouTube is where you will find Ethan. Well, Michael, before we get into um, uh, returning to our series, um, we got a couple letters that came in um, that I'm hoping we can address because questions are the lifeblood of the gospel revolution. Absolutely. Uh, the first one is from Larrid Smith, all the way up in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, Larrid writes, I am troubled because there is a disconnect with Christians. You think? <laughs> <laughs> Brother, you're going to stay troubled the rest of the days of your life. I'm afraid uh, to tell you. I am troubled because there is a disconnect with Christians who believe that Jesus died for their sin or sins but still won't let the sin concept go. Mm -hmm. Where do Christians justify still being under the law of sin when Jesus already paid the price for it? And they admit that Jesus paid the price, but they still think we are all sinners. What am I missing in the disconnect between the redemption and reclaiming sin? I enjoy the radio broadcast, Laird Smith. Uh, Laird, I have one verse for you. First John one nine. Mm. Uh, they will they will beat you to death with First John <laughs> one nine. Uh, it turns into a bludgeoning tool. It turns into an atomic bomb. It is one line out of uh, and and nobody really knows who this guy is. He's John the Elder. We can tell you that the John who wrote First, Second, and Third John is not the writer of the book of John, neither is he John the rele uh, the Relevator. <laughs> the, the Revelator. He is neither of them, but he's called John the Elder here. Mm. There is so much in this that uh, proves that whoever this Elder John is, he is squarely in the camp of people who think that Jesus is coming back again to establish a Jewish kingdom. He's very Jewish, Jewish about his understanding of the gospel. And uh, this is a statement that he makes. Now, if he had made this statement and it was clear, then you might have some pause to give it a little more consideration. 
But when he says that, you know, if you uh, if you're really, 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 really a Christian, you cannot sin. It's not possible to sin if you're really a really real, real Christian. And but if you do have a Christian, we really, really, really do have an advocate uh, for the propitiation for our sins, which is a word that's never, ever, ever used in any place else in the Bible, but here. And he says that anybody who says that they have never sinned, they are liars. But if you do sin, you are a liar. <laughs> I oh wait a minute. And honestly, uh, Daniel, am I overstating that to be that confusing? No, I'll read you three verses out of the book of First John. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And then I'll go over to chapter 3. And uh, I said three verses. Let's do four. Verses 5 and 6. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. But if you say you have no sin, you make him a liar. Jesus. I... <laughs> uh, uh, Larry, uh, that's a disconnect. <laughs> that is a disconnect. Well, even John's a disconnect with John. Mm-hmm. Uh, John is disconnected from John. Let's, let's take it back to the Bible school principles of establishing truth. Uh, it, it's not, uh, this, this hermeneutics is not accurate. But what they say is, uh, this is talking about prophecy, not Bible study. Uh, it says, let everything be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's not talking about, you know, you've got to find it written in two or three different places. But that is the hermeneutics of most Bible, uh, Bible colleges. Uh, however, if they stick to that hermeneutics, then you're not going to find another place that says this at all. There's there's nobody uh, that agrees with John. James is the only one that deals with sin and this capacity of being forgiven. And he says that, well, uh, well according to him, you got to get sick to get forgiven. <laughs> and the uh, only thing you can hope is, oh, God, I hope I get sick because I need to be forgiven. Mm. You say, Michael, that just sounds stupid. Well, that's just how stupid this is. Because he says that if you get sick, call the elders of the church. And while they're praying over you to be healed, oh, you'll definitely be healed. He, he says, mm, mm, every time, every time, every time you will be healed. Oh, and by the way, if you've committed any sins while they're laying hands on you, that will be forgiven also. Mm. Well, if you get if you get forgiven as often as you get healed, I, I, I'm concerned about your forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, because it don't work. Uh, we are spiritual realists here. Just brought us on another title. <laughs> I don't know of anybody that could view the, uh, the spiritual realities of the book of Hebrews and the cross. We so believe the virgin birth. You realize how many people don't even uh, except the virgin birth anymore. And yet the entire story 
is absolutely pivotal. Pivotable. <laughs> I'm just full of new words today. <laughs> pivotal on this uh, virgin birth and the death and the burial and the resurrection. We are absolute literalist in these things. These are not subjective. They're not metaphorical. They took happen. They were prophesied to be literal, and they did happen. So the this issue, uh, like we said, comes up again uh, uh, that you automatically get forgiven if if you get the elders to pray about sickness. So it sounds as though you have to get sick first to mm, get forgiven. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, come on, because James doesn't give you any other way to get healed, uh, except you got to get sick first. (laughs) And Laird, of course, so many doctrines spring from trying to get from point A to point B in even first John's Mm. teaching. And that's where you get this manifest sons doctrine, um, that as you develop and grow in Christ, that sin will get smaller and smaller until eventually you manifest as a full child of God with no sin in your life. Mm. You know, and then, of course, you got the idea that Christianity presents that the law has been taken away only in the believer's life, and you have to be a believer in order to be freed from the law, uh, when the law wasn't even ever given to the Gentiles to begin with. Um, so that's that's a silly concept in and of itself. So there's a lot of side doctrines that Christianity has developed in order to keep sin moving. Yeah, And frankly, the idea of having a sin that you need to have people constantly working on is the very institution that the Christian church is built upon. Because if you don't have a sin that someone needs to deal with, we experience that here in the gospel revolution. We promote freedom in every level. And in that, um, I would say that we are challenged in having an organization because Mm -hmm. people are completely free. And so if you don't have this structure of uh, we need to have this control over people in order to keep them in sin, in order to keep them coming back every Sunday, in order to keep Mm -hmm. them bringing their tithes in and so on and so forth, serving in the church and all of this kind of stuff, that this is the process in which you get to this manifest sun stage free of sin, then uh, the church organization would crumble. You take out the doctrine of sin from the church, and the church, the Christian church, will crumble. Tis true, uh, Brother Daniel. It is so odd that the the answers in the way that uh, Christianity gives the answers to the problem of sin. They also make sure that they create a perpetual sin mm. that keeps the business coming back. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, only hungry people keep going to the grocery store. Right. Uh, so they keep a hunger for righteousness that has been unattained, fresh and alive in people, and therefore they keep coming back out of desperation and walking out feeling just fine. Uh, Goodness gracious. And if that's the only way you can deal with sin, uh, have at it. We don't want you going around feeling guilty. We're just telling you that there is a, there is and has been a permanent resolution to sin that happened 2000 years ago. 
and uh, you don't have to keep going through the process to get what you already have. Mm. Preach it, brother. Oh, my God. Mm. If we could just give that message to the Christian world, that they could just grab a hold of that one thing. Oh, my mm. God, the freedom that they would have. Oh, And, you know, Michael, once they master the list that they're given, say the, say the Ten Commandments, um, it's debatable whether one could follow the Ten Commandments or not. According to man's interpretation of those Ten Commandments, let's just say a person does master them and, and claims to master them. Then the church develops a whole nother list and they master that list. And then there's a whole nother list. There's always these unspoken lists mm-hmm. that will be developed throughout the history until we get to the idea. And we understand that Christ truly took away the sin of the world. Well, you know, we're going through the teachings and commandments of Christ and boy, did he do a number with the 10 commandments. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, the Ten Commandments based on whose teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think you would uh, be inclined to accept Jesus' definition of his teaching on the Ten Commandments. And uh, according to him, forgive the comparison, but you don't have a hope in hell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a hope in Gehenna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so thanks for writing in, Larry. Uh, of course, you know, for us here at the Gospel Revolution, we just know that Christ took away the sin of the world. And um, for me, as one who has transitioned out of Christianity, as one who used to teach the confession of sins, mm-hmm. um, one of the big things for me that allowed me to, to really firmly understand the idea of sin is done, sin is gone, is to allow the New Testament to speak the way it does and to realize that the New Testament writings, uh, such as this one from whoever this John is, this Elder John, uh, that he uh, is not speaking the word of God. He is not Mm -hmm. inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, And frankly, none of the uh, New Testament writers are. Now, we love Paul and we love Apollos, why do we love them so much? Because they speak in the language of the Hebrew scriptures, uh, which truly is uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And, it, you know, uh, as we've continued and will continue to go through this, we even find uh, so many places where that uh, in the pseudographicals and also in the writings of Peter, James, and John, we find misquotes mm-hmm. of the Hebrew scriptures. Yeah. Uh, we find whole new doctrines. We find we find quotes that can't be found, even out of the book of James. Uh, James saying, "Well, the scriptures say," and yet scholars for two thousand years have been looking for that verse and they can't find it. Yeah, uh, in any form, not even with a you know right hand on yellow, left foot on red. They just uh, they cannot find that. There are there are places that they just absolutely do not quote the scriptures accurately. Now, Peter and uh, I'm sorry, Paul and Apollos uh, is just it's amazing their um, ability to stick to what the Hebrew scriptures actually said. Mm-hmm. One of the I had a disheartening moment. It was before we had done the. Uh, pseudographicals and were able to classify uh, Ephesians, uh, I think it was chapter four as pseudographical, 
And, you know, Ephesians chapter four, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, is where we get the list of the church structure, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and all of this. We went back and read that. You're welcome to go there and go back and read it for yourself. And it says that uh, God gave gifts unto men. And then the writer of Ephesians 4 says that those gifts that God gave to men was apostles and prophets, mm-hmm. evangelists and teachers and, and, and yo on and so on. And also does give the reference back to where that they are quoting from. We turned back there and got the shock of our lives. It does not say that God gave gifts uh, unto men. It says man gave a gift singular unto God, Mm. which in context of the prophecy was Christ, that this was what was offered to God was Christ himself. And we turned the entire ministry of Jesus being the sacrifice for sin to a church structure. Yeah of people that you have to obey and who's first, who's on first, and who's on third. Well, it's all a lie. Now, you can have a church and have your little structure if you want and hold up who's the best and who wears purple and who wears the purple with the collar and uh, who wears the pointy shoes. or You can do all of that, Uh, but it is not in biblical text. It just simply does not exist. So uh, when we read that, and I thought, my gosh, this is Paul's teaching. What in the world? And then, of course, after that, we were able to look and see, oh, my goodness, look at the change. You go one, chapter one, two, and three, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And then chapter four says, uh, yeah, now we're going to forget one through three. Now I'm paraphrasing. Uh, we're going to forget one through three because that was completely wrong. Do it this way instead. Mm. It is that, it is that, 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 it is that, it is that drastic. Yeah. <laughs> I think Laird said it correctly. It's a disconnect. Oh. Mm. Um, we heard also from my aunt. Hi, Aunt Pat. Good to hear from you. Uh, of course, she calls me Danny. No one else is allowed to call me Danny. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Uh, what are your thoughts? The meaning of walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh from Galatians chapter 5. Have a great day. Hugs, Aunt Pat. What sayeth you? Mm, Daniel. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, walking in the Spirit, it's interesting that in Galatians chapter 5, um, it starts off by standing in the liberty. Then you get to chapter, or verse 16, and it says, walk in the Spirit. And then you get down to verse 25, and it says, live in the Spirit. So we're supposed to stand, mm-hmm. we're supposed to walk, and we live in the Spirit. I would just say, hey, you're in the spirit. <laughs> yeah. And the contrary thing to that is uh, if you're in the spirit, then you are not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Um, perhaps that's the question, Michael. What is the lust of the flesh? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, Paul really does uh, lay this out. And I, 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 th- I think he uh, gives us a real clear indicator. Uh, by uh, 
speaking in chapter five, and he says, you that are circumcised. Now, circumcision was an act of righteousness. Mm. He did not say, all right, so Paul's not starting out with a list of don'ts here, right? Right. He's starting out with a list of do's. Mm. This is what you're supposed to do. But if you do it and it causes you to feel justified before God, then you have fallen from grace. So we've got stand, walk, live, and fall. Mm. Uh, So all of those uh, conditions, uh, if there's a stand, if there's a walk, uh, if there's a, 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 a live and a fall, uh, all pertaining to uh, the spirit, then I think this one would be pivotal as to what he's talking about. He's not talking about people who break the law. He's talking about people who keep the law and think that that is the key to righteousness. Wow. So when in the very, uh, uh, very same chapter, Now, this is chapter five, and just about six or seven verses on down, he says, now the works of the flesh uh, are manifest uh, are these. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what manifests as a result of what? Breaking the law? That's not the context of the chapter. This is the manifestation of uh, of, of the works of the flesh from keeping the law. My goodness. If you are keeping the law and you think it makes you righteous, you are guilty of witchcraft, idolatry, hatred, variance, emulation, strife, uh, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling. And, you know, this honestly is where uh, the Baptist church, when I was a kid, my, my next door neighbor, his dad was the Baptist preacher. And uh, I, I had to go to church occasionally with him. And he was one of those, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Eddie and I'd get tickled. And so we got, he'd, he'd shut down the whole service to address us heathen, one of them. His son. And, but we finally figured out, wow, you know, uh, if, you, if, if you do one, you've broken them all. So, hey, uh, what are we going to do today, Mike? Uh, let's just do whatever we want because it's not going to make any difference anyway, right? We are done one. <laughs> yeah, we did one. Now we're guilty of all. Now let's enjoy the rest of them. So. <laughs> the, the context of this, uh, you've, you've got all of this. Chapter five is stand, uh, uh, walk, live. In the spirit, uh, all of these positions are about walking in the flesh, thinking that keeping laws make you righteous. Mm. I, I mean, is there anything in that that sounds off just wrong, Daniel? No, and I think that is the lust of the flesh, is this self-righteousness. What does my flesh <sighs> want? It oh. wants to be the one who can stand. It wants to be the one who can walk. It wants to be the one. But if I put the flesh down, and I think we have to also understand that Paul, especially here in Galatians and also in Romans, he kind of interchanges these words of freedom and spirit. 
and uh, law and flesh. Uh, look at Romans chapter eight uh, for another example of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's interchanged through the whole chapter: the law and the flesh, the law and the flesh, and the spirit and liberty. And so, to walk in liberty, you'll not fulfill the lust of the law. And to walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so, what is the lust of the flesh? What is the lust of the law? Is for the flesh to stand and to say, "I did that." Yeah. And what is the spirit? It's just to stand. It's whether you're standing, whether you're sitting, whether you're walking, whether you're falling, whatever, you understand and you know, I'm righteous. Yeah. And, you know, you uh, made reference to the manifestation of the sons of God. We went through that. It is singular. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's only one son of God that needed to manifest. And therefore, we have all manifest. And the the trickery uppery here is the... uh, I'm just loving my new vocabulary. (laughs) The the trickery uppery here is the the attempt to do one of these things and then, and then say, yay, look at me. I'm a manifest son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the lust of the flesh. That's the lust of the flesh. Well, it's like, whose line is it anyways, where the points don't matter. This is the gospel revolution where we make up our own words. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We don't make up our own gospel, but we do make up our own. <laughs> well, thanks, Aunt Pat. I think that's a that's a clarity that we can all um, very good question benefit from is understanding what this is. And I don't think this is a battle anymore. Uh, the only battle that this is 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 it's in the mind because the reality of it is is we're all in the spirit and we've all been freed from the law. And if we want to go back and try to to exclude ourselves from this list. I mean, just this one list here in um, chapter five, I think everybody has got a problem in here. Uh, you, you just pick one, one out of that list. I guarantee you read that in front of everybody and you'll find someone. You'll find yourself in there somewhere. And, and let me say this also, and this has been a standing uh, uh, thing uh, ever since I can remember. Uh, when you write in a question like this and we do our best to answer it, uh, and if you see it differently, then please write us back and let us know where you would possibly disagree. We will all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, let us know. Uh, I mean, we've explained things now to what three people, two people, uh, as to what our perspective is. But uh, we would greatly learn if you have something that you would like to say. Uh, uh, A lot of times people ask questions having already settled their minds. They're just wanting to know what other people think about it, Mm -hmm. which is quite all right. But if you see this differently, and we answered this in a way that it is not addressing it or you have a different view. It behooves you to write us back and tell us what that is. Hmm. Uh, Michael, we got one more in the mailbag. And I think this one will actually bring us into um, our main discussion for today as we go on through the teachings and commands of Christ. Uh, And this final one is from Darren Bell. Hi, this is Darren Bell from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I have been a GR for many years. Oh, yes, he has. I want to say that I love you guys and I very much appreciate the work you are doing. 
I never encountered a teacher in the Christian world who honestly was seeking truth like you guys are. I have spoken mm. to Michael a time or two by phone, and I have subject I would and I have a subject I would like you to address. I have a sister who is very much involved with the whole current day prophecy crowd. She and her husband pay very close to politics and desperately want things to go a certain direction concerning the United States and the future of the political landscape. She listens to so-called prophets who give prophecies about U.S. politics and what God's will is about the future of the United States. I fully understand that our foundation needs to be the Hebrew Scriptures. She is very much involved with listening to these prophecies and then praying and confessing God's will into manifestation for this nation. Can you please address the idea that our current day prophets and prophecies about present day events unfolding? Thank you. I sincerely love you guys, Darren. And I I do believe that. And uh, Darren is just, uh, he really is uh, a wonderful human being. and it's good to hear from you, Darren. Uh, good to know that you're doing well. I think, uh, you know, let's take this to one point first. The persuasion that prayer is going to change outcomes. Mm-hmm. If that's true, then why vote? Yeah. You know, let's just get down right to the bottom line guts of it. If they have found the way God wants it, in the Bible, and they pray uh, thusly, then why are they voting? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, God does not run a democracy. Right. The other go- there's other governments around the world that are theocracies, and uh, they're every form of governments of uh, of uh, authoritarianism uh, and all kinds of things where that voting does not have a uh, an effect on the uh, who is going to be in charge. We happen to be in one of those governments where that we do vote to see who is going to be in office. So um, uh, that's that's number one. Uh, the fulfillment of all prophecy. That's what uh, Jesus uh, gave us the very clear indication that all prophecy was fulfilled. He, Jesus said that not one jot or tittle shall pass away from the Hebrew scriptures until all law and prophecy is the subject. Mm. So he says, until all law and prophecy are fulfilled. Law and pro- uh, prophecy in the Hebrew scriptures are not about anything after the cross because the cross fulfilled everything there. You're not going to find a verse about the United States. You're not going to find a verse about Israel. Uh, I saw a little post on Facebook as I just occasionally go there, and somebody put up a delightful post about, what's all this talk about a spiritual Israel? There is no spiritual Israel. Mm. And, And that's a very true statement. There's a physical Israel. But spiritual Israel was fulfilled in the body of Christ 2,000 years ago. And now how people look at that is, uh, can be uh, varied. But the fact of it is, whatever is, is, it is done. It is finished. 
and even in this war, God is not on either person's side. One of the most important things that we'll ever learn is that concept. Uh, but man, are we addicted to thinking that God is on somebody's side in a war, thinking that you can pray something into existence. You know, if you're persuaded of that, that there's nothing that me or Daniel or anybody else is ever going to be able to do to tell you uh, that it, it don't work. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and try. I remember when Pat Robertson ran for president. I knew Pat Robertson had conversations with him and uh, I had a Pat Robertson hat that uh, I don't remember now what it had on it. I wanted to keep it, uh, but he came in second in the Iowa caucus and we just knew we were off to the presidency and everyone was praying. Mm. Everyone was praying. I told Daniel uh, an encounter I just had two nights ago. I was, my heart was so torn in two, and I was angry all at the same time on this uh, 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 Extreme Makeovers Home Edition. Ty Pennington and these guys get on there. And a wonderful story, a terrible, tragic story, actually, but the, the story of them helping is always wonderful. Young girl, uh, 10 years old, who had already been through cancer. Uh, lost all of her hair through ag agonizing, agonizing, painful treatments, and she was declared to be cancer-free. Mm -hmm. And so the family was presented as a possible candidate to have a new home because they'd spent all their money on treatment. They, I mean, their house was falling down around them. And so they come in, they do interviews with this little girl, everybody in the family, and the last interview in this program, and it had happened many times all the way through, all, all I have to do is believe. And uh, she had been diagnosed with cancer, that the cancer had returned. Mm. But, you know, all I have to do is believe. That's all I have to do is believe. And so they went through that show. The show ended. The Happy Family. And I just couldn't not Google it. So I Googled the little girl's name along with uh, uh, the uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And uh, within a year after that, uh, little girl was sitting there saying, all I have to do is believe she was dead. So, uh, you know, um, right now, I really want to cuss all you guys out to tell you the truth. I really want to curse you out for going around telling people all you have to do is believe you have spread more heartache and you say, yeah, but sometimes it happens. Yes. And it happens for people who pray and people who don't pray, people who believe and don't believe recovery. And if you pray about everything, something's going to look like a miracle. Mm -hmm. But uh, this young girl, uh, my gosh, the, uh, Everything about her personality, her kindness, uh, her family, it was just amazing. And I'm sure there were millions around the world praying for her to recover a second time. Mm -hmm. And and she died. So don't 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 talk to me about your beliefs and your prayers and your miracles and praying for our government to go a certain way. If you think our government should go a certain way, get out and vote.
You know, Michael, in the last uh, election that went on, and um, uh, I'll make some statements, but I want to make a statement also that we are not siding on either side of the politics here, just pointing out the craziness in the Christian community uh, about this. And, and I attract these prophets that were declaring the outcome of the last presidential election. And I'm not talking about prophecies that were coming that were saying, this is God's will, is that this person be in office, because those types of prophecies can be manipulated and to say, well, yeah. you see, church, you didn't pray, you didn't show up, you didn't blah, blah, blah. But these yeah. were ones that were emphatically stating that um, Trump was going to win the next election. And that God told them that. And repetitively, over and over and over and over and over again. And these guys were all over the Christian news networks, all over the Christian mm -hmm. networks. Uh, all over, I mean, you could find them. And I tracked Michael. I tracked, uh, I had a list going for a while. And I mean, I'm not talking about two or three. I'm talking dozens, uh, if not hundreds, yeah. of so-called Christian prophets who were prophesying these things. Well, here we are. And they were wrong. Yep. They were wrong. And, 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 and the thing that disgusts me is these same guys who were on there declaring that, just as Pat Robertson has done uh, throughout his whole history, these same guys that are on there are now being promoted in other directions. And oh. they're prophesying other things. And it's like you were totally wrong about specific details about this first one and now you're because you built a name for yourself now people still listen to them it's just it's absolutely disgusting you know and there is of course there uh the whole line of thinking which we do not take public uh stance on these that well the election was stolen the election wasn't stolen you did not prophesy no. that he was going to be elected as president. You prophesied he was going to be president. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't give yourself that wiggle room to say, oh, no, well, we prophesied he was going to be elected. And we know that all this problems was this. Whether you would, but it would have been uh the Democrats or the Republicans, we are not addressing that issue at all. You guys prophesied, you guys prophesied that one of the, these candidates was going to be president mm -hmm. uh, and, and for a second term. You, didn't, uh, you did not prophesy that he was going to be elected. You prophesied he was going to be the president. You lied. Darren, I think the idea is, um, as Michael has said before, if you pray about everything, something's bound to happen. I think if you prophesy about everything, you're going to get it right from time to time. Absolutely. I traveled with a uh, proclaimed uh, prophet, uh, Larry Huggins, and I have watched him prophesy many, many things, some directly into my own life. I mean, very specific timeline things. And I have to tell you, um, I, I love this man with all my heart, even to this day, stay in contact with him and, and have a, a, a respect on a level for him, uh, very much so. Um, but I cannot tell you out of all the prophecies that were spoken to me specifically, mm. I cannot point to one that came to pass the yeah. way that it was prophesied. Not one. Now, I traveled with this man, and I watched him prophesy over many things, and I watched him prophesy over things that did happen. But 
he prophesied over everything. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to get lucky from time to time to exactly. actually prophesy the right thing. And, yeah. um, and then also on, uh, I mean, I sat in, Michael, you may have been privy to some of these conversations too. I've sat in green rooms where the pastors told him what to prophesy. Now, he had wow. integrity not to do that. But nonetheless, I say that to say some of these prophets who are standing up prophesying certain things have inside information. They know Indeed. things before they prophesy them, and it makes it easier for that prophecy to come to pass. Yeah, I, I remember uh, ha having a, a, a gentleman on my staff there in Olney, Illinois, and uh, goodness gracious, he messed up everything. And uh, I was the one that hired him, though, and uh, it just got to the point to where that I, I, I think it's the only person I've ever fired. I don't think I've ever fired anybody that was actually working and getting paid. It, it was just unbelievable, the chaos that was being caused, and he just simply didn't know what he was doing. Mm. And so I uh, fired him. He was the administrator of the uh, ministry, and this has been 35 years ago. And so we had this goofy guy, and I knew that you could feed him information, and he would then prophesy accordingly, especially if there were donations. There. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm ashamed of what I did, <laughs> number one, but it gave me a little bit of, uh, made me a little privy to what had been done. So like there was this one other person that was working for me that I just absolutely needed them to stay on. So uh, in a private conversation we uh, I had with them and it was just, I tried to make it as nonchalant and non, non I'm not trying this or I'm not doing anything, but I was, I was trying to influence him that well, you know, I'm just so concerned that, you know, that he's going to, if he makes this decision, he's going to be opening himself up to the devil and, you know, all of our mm -hmm. uh, stupid talk we did. And I did the stupid talk, yeah. folks. Daniel and I were a part of that. Oh, now you're going to pull me into it? <laughs> yeah, I am. You're right there with me. And uh, In fact, you is worse than I was. I just... Somehow, I just know that somewhere. <laughs> <deep inside. laughs> I, I sat there and very deviously uh, gave this man these instructions. And then we were having uh, this uh, meeting and he, uh, he called this guy out and prophesied over him mm. and told him to, to stay with his instructor. Uh, you know, I, it just meant worked so well, but then the other one who I had fired, the other one who I had fired because he was just absolutely incompetent, uh, and was the administrator. He called him out. <laughs> I didn't know that he had been talking to the past. The pastor was so against me firing this guy. Mm. And and they didn't use any business logic. They Mike, this is, you know, gosh, if you fire him, it's this is like dividing the body of Christ. And it's like, I'm firing him because he's incompetent, not because he's a bad member of the body of Christ. <laughs> but we spiritualized everything. Mm. So he called him out. 
and called him out. And he said, uh, you know, it, he'd toss his hand, you know, how they'd toss their hand back, you know, in a, yes, here it is. There, here we are. There we go. Whoosh, there it goes. And he did a, a hand toss like that. And he said, and in these last days, saith the Lord, thou shalt be called administrator. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this poor guy just collapses in tears. And then uh, I guess I was supposed to hire him back. I became a really uh, rebellious person. The church, the the pastor was against me because I did not hire him back. Mm. <laughs> How did I know I didn't need to hire him back? Because I knew the same way I had manipulated this same prophet, he had been manipulated for the guy that uh, they wanted to stay on my staff. And I manipulated the, the poor old fool uh, and called me the fool, too, for participating. But, folks, this is what, as Daniel said, you don't know what went on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are small stories in the tale of the big cities. So, whoosh, we prophesy. Yeah. But boy, could we ever influence the prophesier, mm-hmm. especially when you are giving money to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Darren, I think in conclusion to the question uh, is what the number one thing, according to the Bible and according to the teaching of Christ, is prophecy ended. Uh, when Christ said it is finished, uh, all of prophecy was fulfilled. Uh, mm-hmm. This personal prophecy stuff is um, it, it's just as we've been discussing. It's it's manipulation. Uh, it's it's driven by uh, man's desire. It's driven by man's uh, hopes and dreams and thoughts. Um, and you know, some of these people may be very well in, intended. You know, they want these great things to happen, and so be it. But what is the problem is when you subscribe to saying, I heard God say, and let me tell you, because how do you argue with God told me? Yeah. And and that's kind of what we want. That That is what we want to get into here in the teachings and commands of Christ today is this command, according to this website we've been following, is to hear God's voice. And uh, we want to talk about that. But to, to sum up your question, I think the, the reality is, is that uh, prophecy has ended. Now, there may be prophets out there who uh, from time to time get it right, you know, but that's true um, outside of the Christian world. Uh, you have these people who look into different situations, uh, uh, consultants and whatever, and they have an idea of the direction in which mm-hmm. something's going to go. And they gather the facts and they speak what they, they prophesy, if you will, what's going to happen. And many times they're right. Um, yeah. And uh, I, the same is true in the Christian world. When they gather the facts and look at these things, many times they're right. But we also have to understand many times they are wrong. And if that's true, then according to the biblical layout for a prophecy, we got to stone them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got my rocks ready. How about you? Well, thank you, uh, the three of you, for writing in. Of course, we, uh, my gosh, my mind is just uh, captivated by these questions because questions are the lifeblood of the gospel revolution. And mm-hmm. look at the wonderful things that have come out of um, just those three questions. But moving the train right along here, um, 
We have been going through the commandments and teachings of Christ, and today's command comes out of Matthew chapter 11 and verse 15. And of course, we are following this website's uh, list of commands and teachings of Christ as they have gone through it. And uh, we haven't left the book of Matthew yet. Um, We did one in Mm -hmm. the book of John at the very beginning, but the rest have been right here in Matthew. And uh, we get another good one here today because, uh, as I said, this kind of plays into uh, Darren's question and uh, some of the other things we've already discussed today, and that is to hear God's voice. Uh, The verse that they quote is Matthew chapter 11 and verse 15. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, Michael, they go on and they use a bunch of other verses um, to validify what they're trying to say, um, such as Matthew 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. Matthew 4, 4, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. And then, of course, one that I think, even though they quote it, I think it kind of deviates from what they're saying, is uh, John 16, 13. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak of himself, but whoever he, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So this idea of hearing the voice of God. Now, Michael, I want to just we've been kind of telling some personal stories here um this was huge for me um hearing the voice of god now i was taught that we can hear the voice of god in many different ways of course uh some have heard god's audible voice um like if i was sitting in the room with somebody and they spoke and i heard the voice of god prophets we just talked about prophecies that 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 was a way that God would speak to his people and the whole fivefold ministry, you know, that your pastor would speak into your life. And and uh, that was God's voice that you should you should hear them as a in him. And then the biggest one that we always used to say is that the number one way you hear the voice of God is to read your Bible, <laughs> you know, and, and that was God speaking to you. And so I endeavored to live my life. Oh, and the inward witness, um, you know, that you would just, you just had this knowing that this is, this is God speaking to me. I just know this is what I need to do. Michael, up until, um, let's see, I was probably about 23, 24, 25, somewhere in there. Up until that point in my life, every major decision that I made in my life, I did based on, quote, hearing the voice of God, unquote. Now, however that voice was heard, whether through a prophet, through a pastor, through the inward witness, I never claimed to have heard the audible voice of God um, or God speaking to me through the Bible. Um, And that was where it got weird (laughs) is speaking through the Bible because you would be so searching for the voice of God to speak to you something and you'd get into this uh, Bible roulette and you just open the yeah. Bible and just pray God would speak to you. And sure enough, yeah, somehow, some way God would find that answer, uh, give you that answer to the question. Yeah. Third, per, uh, third verse, right uh, <laughs> side of the page. 
uh, uh, left column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and bam. Yeah. Oh, been there, done that. And then even the things that you took as you were calling a personal witness, you just felt this, you would have never done that without running it by your dad or your prophet, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and and there was one time where I ran something by my prophet and my pastor and they disagreed. The one said yes and one said no, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Of course, I went with the prophet because he was higher in the stature. <laughs> well, you had this all figured out. Um, well uh, obviously Daniel and I both are very grateful to be free Uh, Mm. I stopped listening to any voice uh, many many years ago I have no expectations of hearing a voice I don't go around looking for an inner voice I, of course, talk to myself like everybody does. Please tell me everybody talks to themselves, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I, I, I do that. But to, to identify it as something spiritual, all I'm doing is reasoning within myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Uh, I try to be honest with myself. I've I come up with a statement about a decade ago that the best counselor you have is you. There's nobody who knows you better than you, but it is as any counselor's ability or therapist's ability to help you is based on you telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Likewise, you can be your own best uh, uh, counselor if you will be honest with yourself. But I tell you what, it is so easy to lie to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. And you know you're lying to yourself. And who do you think you're hiding that from? <laughs> it's like, my goodness, this is absolutely incredible. This whole process, number one, as Daniel was sharing with you, we want to know what was said and what was fulfilled mm-hmm. first. Uh, why would anybody start with personal prophecy, uh, personal anything, personal Lord, personal Savior, personal prophecy, uh, personal prayers, uh, 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 any of it? Why would we not want to first know what was spoken and what was fulfilled? Well, uh, the thing that opened uh, our world to us and the world of the gospel that we now share is we accepted the directives about hearing that voice. Now I've never heard a voice in the uh, in the scriptures, but we did get a directive as to what we're looking for when we are searching and researching. Uh, so that uh, that research is to find what. The prophets spoke, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets spoke, and then matched that to the concept life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and to see that come together. Now, uh, the fact is, that has never failed us one single time, Daniel. No. You know, Jesus was teaching along these lines in John chapter 5, and he makes this statement in verse 37. 
and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me, and you have neither heard his voice at any time, Mm -hmm. nor have you seen his form. Now, Mm -hmm. let me continue reading two more verses. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent. Him you do not believe. Verse 39, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these which are testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. Well, I just don't know. Uh, a lot of people think we are elevating the Hebrew scriptures uh, way too highly. I just don't know how uh, that that could be a conclusion with Jesus making this statement that he has made about the Hebrew scriptures mm-hmm. uh, to these people and about what it says and their failure to find him there. Now, he's standing right in front of them. Now, get this picture. Yeah. Jesus is standing right in front of them. He did that on the uh, after the resurrection. And uh, it's like, why wouldn't he just uh, s- stop and say, hey, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he didn't. He took these people and opened to them the law and the prophets. Wow. And he showed them him in there, even though he physically was standing there with them, uh, prepared to do any miracle, obviously. So uh, uh, this uh, correlates back to the fact that that time of miracles was for a certain space and time, and that space and time was obviously over because of why wouldn't Jesus have used it uh, to uh, uh, demonstrate to them who he was? Mm-hmm. Because now it is, it's in, uh, vitally important to understand who Jesus is in the Hebrew scriptures. And that just blows my mind. There he is standing there physically talking to them and yet opens his text to the Hebrew scriptures to show them who he is. Yeah, and the problem here in John chapter 5 was they weren't looking for Christ. They were looking for themselves. They were trying to find themselves in the Hebrew scriptures. Mm, that's good. And because of that, they were blinded to the one that was speaking of who was standing right in front of them in flesh and blood. Wow. Well, that's a good, uh, a very good quote moral of the story is, uh, if you want to be blinded to what the scriptures say, just try to find yourself in mm-hmm. there. Yep. Wow. Back here in Matthew chapter 11, uh, just to point out the context here, because what this group is telling us is that we need to hear the, the, the audible voice of God, the inward witness. We need to hear from God for ourselves. But if you look at the context here, it's speaking about John the Baptist, and it's calling him the greatest prophet of the Old Covenant. And he's saying that this is the Elijah coming back. And then he said, he who has an ear, let him hear. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, listen to this prophet. Listen to this Mm -hmm. man. Don't go into your prayer closet and pray and try to hear from God. That's not the teaching that he's teaching here. And nor will you find that anywhere in the teachings of Christ about hearing Mm -hmm. the voice of God. 
Yet that's what I was taught in my word of faith doctrine is that you get in that prayer closet and you don't come out until you hear the voice of God regarding that situation. And yet there is what you're saying then, Daniel, is there is not one place where Jesus ever told anybody to do that. Exactly. Uh, Paul never told anybody to do nope. that. Paulus never told anybody to do nope. that. Uh, that is akin to uh, uh, forcing people uh, to uh, ask and make Jesus their personal Lord and Savior. It just isn't in there. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do have, and and I, I'm glad they threw this verse into it because I, I think it's helpful, is uh, John 16, 13. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into mm-hmm. all truth. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference there between, uh, and, and it goes on to say that he'll speak, but this guiding, that, that he's a guide, um, um, that word uh, comforter is in that same context, and it's the Greek word mm-hmm. parakletos, and it means the one who stands alongside uh, a, a mm-hmm. guide, a, walk, a, a mate, someone to walk with. And I think that's the beautiful picture of what it means to um, be led by the Spirit, if you will, to be guided by the Spirit. Uh, Michael and I have this discussion and and, and almost an experience <laughs> all the time is we'll be in discussion, we'll be recording a show, we'll be recording the conference or something, and we just sit back and say, where did that all come from? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we can't explain. We don't hear the voices. We don't feel this guiding. We just, we just be. <laughs> and it's as if the Holy Spirit, it's as if, Michael, the Holy Spirit is just living within us and living through us and thinking in us and thinking through us and talking in us and talking through us. And it, it's all this beautiful union that we so often preach about. Well, it is, you know, and uh, there's uh, one thing that uh, I know about Daniel and one thing Daniel knows about me. Uh, We ain't that smart. No, Uh, No, I ain't. (laughs) And that really is the crux of the matter is that, but see, it's the Hebrew scriptures that are being compared to the cross that have the uh, the relevancy in applying uh, pictures to this whole thing. Yeah. So what we're doing is seeing pictures. Yeah. And of course, the Hebrew language is a picture language. The work of the cross is a picture in and of itself. It's so amazing to watch this happen. And uh, I agree with Daniel, it's not that the Holy Ghost has to do anything in particular. It's just, this is his arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to Jesus, this is his arena. We don't have to go in and obsess over a single doctrine that we have pulled a rabbit out of the hat uh, and come up with a doctrine and say, oh, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. Oh, well, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. And this is going to bring the end time prophecies. And this is going to bring in miracles. And this is going to bring in the money. And this is going to bring in that. Uh, we just don't think in those terms. We have desire to know truth to the point that if it causes 
great loss. We're going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, that's been proven out. There's been plenty of places in my process over uh, these decades, all I would have had to done is change my mind about one little thing, and I would have been accepted by a whole group that would have uh, absolutely uh, uh, paid me uh, very handsomely to go down that and to, and I could have incorporated the other things that I taught, but uh, there's just a wonderful thing about truth and the value of truth itself. This, I have made a statement about for more than 40 years that the only way that truth is going to be known is when you seek truth for the value of truth. Mm -hmm. If you seek truth for the value of making you rich, if you seek truth for the value of it making you healthy, if you seek truth for the value of what it produces, then it seems that truth just is not going to be there for you to uh, 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 as as easily as it seems to be for us to pick up the truth, they're just uh, uh, truth is pure. Uh, mm-hmm. It just cannot be manipulated for you to uh, consume on the things that you want out of life. Yeah. It is it is in and of itself the reward. I think that was. One of the greatest compliments that Darren gave us, Michael, that we can get is identifying us as people who are just willing to look mm. for the truth and um, at any cost, at any juncture in this pursuit of truth, to discover that you're wrong is has mm. been a glorious thing because it allows us to learn something new. But at the end of the day, if we were found out that we were wrong about being wrong and it led me back to Christianity, I would do it because sure. truth is truth. And and if what we have called foolishness, you know, the crazy idea of hell and an, an angry God that's still in existence today and blah, blah, blah. If we were wrong about all this, to go back to that, but to go back to it knowing that it was the truth. Yes. But, you know, I had my dad came up to me and, and, and I know it's hard. He's trying to save me from something that he thinks is so devastating. He said, just, you know, give up this, this crazy idea you have about hell. (laughs) You know, and you just, that asking that of somebody um, who's only looking for truth and to see that as a truth, as a reality, that there is no hell and the hell that Christianity preaches is not real, is not true. To try to go back to that is to try to live a lie again. And you just, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. And and instead of approaching it that way, why not, you know, son, let's sit down and look at these verses. Help me understand why mm-hmm. you think there is no hell. Yeah. Uh, uh, wouldn't that be even more compassionate? Right. Uh, because if he's right and you're wrong, you will expose the, the flaws in your own understanding of this. Uh, you will expose them. Mm-hmm. So listening is the best way to help somebody learn. It's not talking at them. I, you know, I've got people in my life. At, uh, uh, most people that know me 
uh, know that if you don't ask me a question, I probably don't have any answers. And uh, But I have people in my life close that are dear people. And one of their main lines in a conversation is this. Well, if you want to know what I think, <laughs> and it's like I want to scream every time, nobody does. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to know what you think. Uh, folks, unless you have said or done something to pique someone's interest, there's no need in answering questions that haven't been asked. Yeah. Uh, it's like offering water to somebody who's not thirsty or, you know, uh, offering a steak to somebody who just had one. They themselves are satisfied. And unless you can create a thirst or a hunger by what you have to say, the conversation you have, if, uh, if you can create a thirst or a hunger, then let them express the fact that they are indeed thirsty and they are indeed hungry. And then you, it's, it's so easy to feed people when they're hungry. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to satisfy people when they're thirsty. But uh, going around and telling them, well, if you want to know what I think, I just, uh, I just cringe from uh, end to end. And it's a long way from end to mm -hmm. end with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, that, I, that's a big cringe. <laughs> You know, and that's the very thing that Jesus was um, proactive in as a young boy. Uh, what was that occasion mm. when his parents were headed back home after the feast uh, and they were Passover. looking for yeah. Jesus? And where did they find him? They found him in the temple listening and asking questions. Blew me away. Uh, that's been uh, uh, 40 years ago. And... Um, uh, the, the very first teaching I ever did in my life was on those verses. Mm. And I taught, I was, I was going to have to teach, uh, cause we, all we did was go witnessing and, uh, with normal Hayes, uh, ministries. And the very first teaching that I ever did, I never will forget uh, reading through that and uh, about Jesus, and I was trying to get this teaching ready. I was so terrified that I had to stand up in front of people. Of course, this was at Roy Stockstill's church in um, uh, Louisiana, I assume. If you type in Pastor Roy Stockstill, you'll find that church, a large church. And uh, we did the witnessing classes. Uh, uh, Norval advertised them. And out of that whole big church with all of those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably a thousand to 2000, even, uh, we had six, seven people show up for witnessing class. Wow. And so, uh, one of the things, uh, was that we each had to take a turn at teaching something about witnessing. And I remember I was reading through that. And for the first time in my life, I saw that uh, Jesus was both listening and asking them questions. Uh, Daniel, the, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of people who can't remember their first sermon they ever taught, but boy, do I remember. Mm. And uh, number one, because I was terrified. And uh, number two, standing up in front of those five or six people and uh, sharing with them that the best way to share the gospel 
is by listening and asking them questions. And it it has been a guide for me for uh, so much of my life. One of of the other guides for my life, uh, since we're talking about me, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, is my chicken story. If you don't have a chicken story, you haven't lived. Uh, Everybody needs a chicken story. And my chicken story is about being with my uncle and uh, overseeing the, the hatchlings, uh, because the, uh, big mama hen was too big. She was crushing her eggs. And so he wrapped them in a uh, towel and opened the oven door, turned it on low. And I sat there, uh, watching and I would watch that little, uh, uh, that little bit of, uh, towel over them, wiggle a little bit. And, oh, was I fascinated. I could not have been more than five to six years old. And, um, uh, then, uh, he left the room and, uh, he explained to me, he said, now leave him alone since they need to, uh, hatch out. And when a, when a chick, uh, hatches, it, it pecks its way out around its upper body. And then the, uh, the upper part opens up and they've still got the shell attached mm-hmm. to its bottom because its insides are still connected to that what we would call an umbilical cord of the uh of the white uh part of the egg and uh that that has to dry up and fall off well i thought i was going to help and so i three of them i got a hold of the egg and started chipping it away and just within minutes those three little hatchlings died and by the time my uncle got back and he called me skull. I don't know why he called me skull, but maybe that's all I had was a skull. I didn't have a brain. <laughs> uh, so uh, he said, now skull. He said, uh, now you've killed those little chicks. And uh, he said that uh, uh, and explained to me, he said that backside, he said it's connected to their insides and that has to dry up and fall off. And man, I'm telling you, the decisions now you talk about hearing the voice of God mm. that's that's the voice of God to me in so <laughs> many situations and I'll start to offer my uh well you know well you know well let's hurry this up we can do this we can do that and my instructions you just do not no one will ever know the times I have withheld my instructions because that little picture rightfully wrongfully popped up in my head and I thought the only thing I can do by opening my mouth is to do damage mm. here. Wow. Let this thing work itself out. Yeah. Mm. So uh, if you don't have a chicken story, you don't have a life. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I better go find me a chicken story. <laughs> I bet you have one. Now, since, since you're forcing me, Daniel, to stop talking about me, I, <laughs> I, I've got somebody else to talk about. Uh, Kevin Lawrenson, we had him on the show. Uh, we recently had uh, uh, Kevin on, and what a wonderful experience. Kevin had a very difficult time in this break with all of this religion. Uh, actually spent some time uh, in jail mm. because of a scheme that he got caught up uh, in. Uh, at the age of 50, he was he spent his 50th birthday in. Uh, uh, under arrest. Wow. And uh, now all of this was cleared out, uh, even though the articles that you see online, 
they don't have that and they refuse to take them down even though it he never served uh time for that he just was under arrest for that until they dismissed but without going into that he was he was in jail can you imagine it being that despondent i mean he was very successful he's you know goodness in the ministry and the next thing he knows there are uh agents, federal agents at his door there to arrest him. And um, uh, this, the same pastor that got him involved in this tried to get me involved in this. And I was just like, that's just is not, they were telling me that if I put in $5,000, I'd get a portion of somewhere around a hundred million dollars. Oh boy. The, the portion of the hundred million, not the whole hundred million. And it's like, mm, not now, this is this you're you're going to get in trouble here with this stuff. Well, that's what happened to Kevin, and he had uh, put in twenty five thousand, not knowing uh, that this was a communist Chinese the covert operation. Oh my god! So my story almost became way bigger than what it is <laughs> now, and uh, that's one part I'm certainly glad I missed. And uh, Kevin can uh, correct any of this that I've gotten wrong. But uh, anyway, uh, Kevin was telling me just this last evening, and uh, he was telling me about how that he was sitting there in jail and how he heard the voice of God. Mm. Now, this is very, it was a little strange because we're getting ready to teach on the hearing the voice of God today. And... Uh, He said, Mike, I sat there. He said it was my 50th birthday. And I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, I have given you 50 years. Don't be afraid because I'm giving you 55 more. Mm. And he talked about, oh, my gosh, what a relief. What an incredible joy it was to him. And then last night also, he was watching again one of his favorite movies called Shawshank Redemption. It's a, it's a wonderful movie uh, and uh, would put it on anybody's playlist. And he was sitting there and he was watching and he saw this uh, guy and uh, the, uh, the statement came up. Uh, the guy was in prison and then uh, he said that he heard I don't know if this guy was hearing in his voice or uh, of what was going on, but he heard that same line. I've given you 50 years and now I'm going to give you 55 more. Oh my God. And, and he said, Mike, he said, I, I, I almost fell in the floor because I realized that I did not hear from God. I was remembering from somewhere in my memory, the, that line from Shawshank Redemption, because it was my 50th birthday, mm. it caused me to remember that. Now, I'm telling wow. you, I sat back and I, I told him, I said, Kevin, I, I just felt honored to know him. I, I said, I, and I told him, I said, Kevin, you know, people don't do this. Mm-hmm. People don't admit how they've been fooled. People will blame it all on somebody else or whatever. But for you to sit here and say, I went around declaring that I heard the voice of God and then realized 
just just at that moment, he called me right after he heard it. And then to realize I actually was quoting a line from Shawshank Redemption that, hmm. that I had somehow retrieved from my brain. And uh, he said, was it helpful? Oh, my gosh, it was helpful. It was encouraging. But it was not the voice of God. Wow. So uh, you may never know where those words came from. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, Let us say this, and I'm dragging Daniel into this too. <laughs> uh, going around looking for the voice of God is probably at best a delay in you taking the time to think things through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the very best I can say about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to stop and think things over. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, was sitting and listening to the song that I played at Jim Richards School the very last time I was invited to speak there and then was invited not to come back. Because I finished my session by playing Foreigners, I Want to Know What Love Is. I think it's Foreigner. Mm. And uh, I've got to take a little time, a little time to think things over. Uh, in my life, I've had heartache and pain. And I don't know if I can take it again. Wow. Uh, and I played that song and admitted to them all those years ago that uh, I knew love was a great thing, but I had to admit that I wasn't really sure exactly what it was. And uh, uh, boy, a flood of memories came back. But I can tell you what I found out about love that night at Jim's church. Jim never spoke to me again. Uh, not, uh, uh, I was supposed to have dinner with him that night. And he went upstairs to his bedroom in his home where I was invited to come and have dinner. And his guest speaker from Canada, the other pastor that was there, hid in his bedroom. And I sat downstairs and with Brenda, uh, uh, Jim's wife, and uh, uh, she was always very gracious, kind. I, Brenda and I were very close. Uh, but to watch the cowardice of this whole religious uh, malarkey that was going on. And uh, I found out what love wasn't that night, that's for sure. Mm. And so it is, we must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the Gospel Revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. And speak to us about how you want to participate. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the connect link. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. Now it's good night from Daniel Rouse in the frozen tundra. And it's good night from Michael Williams right here in warming up Clarksville. Uh, folks, we've got the conference coming up. Uh, we've got the pledge drive coming up. And we really are looking forward to both of them. Uh, we, uh, and please, uh, uh, we're asking that you start considering what you can do that might be a, more than what you're doing right now. And those of you that have done not, not started helping yet, please, please consider it because we've had some huge losses in 2023 
and uh, they're just not sustainable. We have to make up for these losses. So uh, we are at this time about $30,000 behind of what our normal budget uh, runs on. I'm 72. Uh, I I don't want to spend the rest of my life struggling with the finances of this after putting all this into it. Uh, So help us out. We sure hope that you enjoyed today's PowerCast. And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week, only better. Knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. Unaware that all the wild love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect day you need, right? Not a thing that you need, y'all, the love Just remember to breathe and take a second off Look, I'm just trying to remind you that you're perfectly Deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to The Gospel Revolution.